94.9 News Now, stimulating talk. Byron Lazine, Chaz Cook of the one team at William Ravis Real Estate. And finally, he bailed on us last week. We've got Brian Fay, New England Home Mortgage, joining us on the program today so we can dig into these rates. Brian, B. Fay, what's going on, brother? What's going on, B. Fizz? And sorry about last week. My son's uh, basketball game got moved and I could not attend. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're a good man. You you are a family first man. So we appreciate that here. Trust me, I'd rather be on the radio than than watching a basketball game. But I had to do it. All right. So here's what I want to get into with you. We've seen nationally about two months where the 30-year fixed mortgage rate has been stabilized to some degree. It hasn't been as volatile as it was in quarter three of 2022. This week in particular, according to Mortgage News Daily, Monday through Friday, we went from basically 6.2 on the 30-year fixed average rate the entire week. 6.2 on Monday, 6.21 on Tuesday, 6.18 Thursday and Wednesday, and then 6.2 again on Friday. So uh, pretty steady, pretty flat, no Correct. fluctuation. Is that what we're seeing here for you know home shoppers in Connecticut? Is that the yeah. same? Is that, are you lower than that? Are you right around there? What's the deal? Yeah, I talked about this a couple months ago on your show that I was looking forward to the day when the rates would not, you know, one day they'd be seven, the other day six and a half. They were so volatile. It was, you could not quote rate day to day. It was, it was too the rates were just changing. It's been consistent this last 10 days. And I locked in two people on Friday at, uh, at five, nine, nine with no points. So again, one, one advantage of being with me, I'm a broker. I can shop those rates around to different lenders. So, uh, anytime you can tell a customer in this market rate in the fives, it's, it's a home run, but they is literally the have extreme version. Somebody who, who's got just all time great credit, or is that average credit? Like, what is that? Those like the two five nine nine. I think five a five handle sounds good too. Yeah, five handle in mortgage talk, Pife. <laughs> you know this, but just for our five handle, I love it. Our ninety four um, nine. Yeah, they had a seven forty seven credit, which is excellent. Anything over seven forty, you're you're in tier one. So it was a seven forty seven credit, five percent down, single family house, five nine nine, no points. So they were ecstatic about that, and that's for a sixty-day lock as well. So uh, the longer you're locked, the higher the rates are. So, um, but again, I've been in the five five nine nine all week with no with no real change, which is which is nice. So a while ago, I mean, she's over a year ago when the rates were in the twos, it was two seven five two eight every day, never changed. And then we went to that stretch where you know it was seven and a half down to six eight to seven two. The six five, the rates were just crazy, and now I am happy that they have stabilized a little bit, um, where you can get some consistency. You know, the, the problem is you talk to a client a week ago and you say, "Hey, the rates are six and a quarter," and a week later they were jumped to seven and a quarter. It was just a tough. It was tough to quote uh, rates, you know, in that in that market. So now at least it's a little little more stable. Which is why I like. Yeah, you didn't know what to do as a buyer. It's like six and a quarter to seven and a quarter. Well, do I need to lock right now at seven and a quarter? Is it going to be eight and a quarter next yeah. week, or is it going to go back down to, to six and a quarter? There was way too much uncertainty, and we saw that in the second half of the year. We saw a lot of you know deals deal flow slow down. People weren't buying as many homes because they're like, I'm just going to wait this thing out. I'm going to wait and see. Now all of a sudden, nationally, anyways, 
the last two weeks, we've seen mortgage applications go soaring back up, which means demand right now is hot and heavy. Connecticut's got low inventory, so demand is meeting low inventory, and that's creating at these median price points in Connecticut bidding wars again. The Fed doesn't want to see bidding wars. Uh, That's a whole other discussion there. But, you know, with this new steadiness of the interest rate, are you seeing applications above the national average of like going up in your personal business here in Connecticut? Is it above 25%? Is that kind of in line with what we're seeing locally? I have been seeing a, a, a steady increase of, of, I call them pre-apps, like the, their online applications these last three weeks. So December was a, was a very slow month. January started out slow, but these last couple of weeks I have been seeing more pre-approvals come through. Um, it's almost like we're heading right to the spring market. Brian, Brian, with the influx in mortgage applications, are you seeing that more with first-time home buyers? Maybe a lot of those millennials we've been talking about for the past couple of months. Are you seeing more conventional, or are there any trends in the type of applications that you're seeing? Good question. Most of them are, are my first-time home buyers, and a lot of them are people that were, you know, I pre-approved a year, year and a half ago, that are coming back, and now they're they're looking to take another run at it. Um, so a lot of my pre-approvals, I can go back and see it. I, I wound up running their credit, you know, a year and a half ago or over a year ago, uh, that are coming back into the game, which is, which is good, which is, which is, which is good news. People didn't want to, again, that might, might not be good when they go into another bidding war. I think they're thinking there aren't, you know, bidding wars have stopped. But as Byron said, I've been seeing a couple more bidding wars, uh, with the lack of inventory and then the increase in mortgage applications. Hmm. Interesting. Chaz, bidding wars right now. Uh, where are they happening? Uh, all over the state. So I've been having a lot of conversations uh, with some of my pod what members. Price oh, uh, it's all between three fifty and five hundred thousand. So we continue to see that median sales price and a little above that to continue to be the most uh, competitive. Uh, I was talking to one agent. He said I wrote ten offers in the last ten days, and I'm, I was three for ten. So thirty percent he got accepted, seventy percent he lost on. He but lost because there was other Competition. Yeah, he lost. They, was, they were all multiple offer situations, and every single one of them, he was like, I got a call. They wanted to see it. I contacted the listing agent. I had 48 hours to get them in there, get my offer in highest and best. And by the way, this is what's happening in Connecticut right now is different than other parts of the country. There are parts of the country where inventory has come up enough where there is really no multiple offer situations at all. Connecticut is still at a historically low point of inventory. And when you talk about that 300 to 500 price range, you know, that's where you're seeing this. If you're a seller going out at 750, don't expect 12 offers. Different ballgame, right. totally different pricing strategy, different marketing strategy as well. Bife, before we go to break, you were going to say? But Chaz, you're, you're seeing over asking. We're not seeing like a while ago when it was like a hundred thousand over asking. I'm not seeing those. No, like no. In the past. We're, we're, we're not, yeah, we're, we're not there yet, but we are in the, the terms make the difference. You know, we're talking 20 to 30 K over, but it's, you know, what are you waving? What are you willing to give back in that regards? Um, you know, in December, beginning of January, maybe we saw a little bit of seller concessions, you know, here and there, but now we're back to sellers in the driver's seat, put your best foot forward. Uh, but you still don't have to go, above and beyond to that $50,000 mark yet. Yep. We've got Brian Fay, New England Home Mortgage, with Chaz and I here on Real Estate Radio. We'll be right back. 94.9 News Now, stimulating talk. 
here and so... Real Estate Radio 94.9 News Now, simulating talk. Byron Lazine and Chaz Cook from the one team at William Ravis Real Estate. One team, number one team in the entire state of Connecticut for most homes sold for 2022. 687 units sold. That's over 100 more than the second place team. They're not called Buffet, if you're wondering. The second place team was not called the two team. The one team just happens to be our name. That was a coincidence. I'm like, are they called the two team and then the three team? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, all great teams. Uh, the one team just happens to be the best team and the best resource for your real estate, home shopping, buying, investing, or selling needs. You can go to oneteamct.com, oneteamct.com, O-N-E, teamct.com. And if you've got residential tanking needs, don't forget about those. Got a place for you to go there as well. That's service station equipment. Service station equipment will get you set up for any residential tanking needs that you may have. If you've got an oil tank sitting in the ground that needs to come out, you need to get it out. Do it the right way. Service station equipment takes care of everything, all of the uh, municipality requirements, the state requirements, the environmental requirements. They do it all. One-stop shop, service station equipment out of Franklin, Connecticut. They serve the entire state, basically. They will help you with any of your residential tanking needs. 1-800-801-TANK, 1-800-801-TANK. Ask for Dougie Braun. He is the tank meister. He will help you out. I have to imagine, too, with this unseasonably warm weather we've been having, that people might be starting to think about some of the, think more about some of that Irish Springs pool water. Right? Wow. They're about 60 days out from pool season. I don't know about that. I don't know if you're 60 days out. You I know mean, it was this... 54 degrees here yesterday. Chaz, do you know what this means? What's that? February is going to be disgustingly cold. I know. I said that to some of the other day. I said, we're going to pay for it hard. I can promise you it, there's going to be like some 11-degree days in February. And then March will be a complete stinker. Yep. March Wind, won't be nice, by the wind way. Wind chill, negative 5, 30 degrees outside. March won't be nice. April April will be crap, and uh, you know May probably won't even feel that nice. So so you're saying sixty days out? You know I don't know. I think it's all get the winter's getting pushed back. I don't know. Somebody like Brian Fay with those heated pools though, he might be thinking about it. Hey, it's fifty forty degrees outside. My pool's heated. Might as well get it topped off with some Irish Springs pool water and take a little dip. <laughs> I got the heater going right now in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and next week's next week the temp's dropping down a little bit. I'm looking. End of next week. End of next week. Oh, yeah, end of next week. It's supposed to get cold quick. It has yeah. been a mild winter so far. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming, boys. Yeah, I'll take it, though, for now. <clears throat> it's been a mild winter, but the real estate market actually seems to be heating up a little bit. Just the last two weeks, mortgage applications... Uh, across the country went up 28% two weeks ago. And then last week they went up 25%. We'll see what the read is for uh, this past week when it comes out early in the week next week. Here in Connecticut, we've got low inventory. So these mortgage applications, and Brian Fay talked about it here locally. Brian Fay's joining us from New England Home Mortgage. In the last three weeks, he's seen applications and pre-apps online go soaring with his company. And we have low inventory in Connecticut, so that is creating a collision course in these three to four, four to five hundred thousand dollar price ranges where there's not a lot to choose from and there's high competition 
once again, every price category, every town is going to be a little bit different. But overall, Connecticut is still at an all-time low for inventory. Mortgage rates stabilized, and, and this is creating this uh, upswing. And this is a seasonal time, right? I always show that chart in Connecticut. You can set your watch to it where prices always, any if they're going to have any appreciation during the year, it's going to be during this time, January you know, to the end of June is where you're going to start to see it come up. Because if you go into contract in January, that's going to be reflective of March, April numbers. So it's like those March, April, you know, to into the summer numbers where you start to see prices go up. It's because you've got the most activity right now from January to May every year is when the, when the majority of home shoppers are applying for mortgages and going out there and shopping. So this is a more 2023 is going to get back to more of these seasonal, seasonal, uh, seasonal rather, excuse me, trends that we've seen in Connecticut. That, you know, because 2020 was wild. You know, we took a pause in the middle of spring. Spring happened in summer. 2021 was just, it was, you know, part two of 2020. 20, 2022 yeah. was the tale of two markets. The first half was just extraordinary in terms of these $100,000 over ask. And then, you know, the mortgage rates went up over 7% and the activity dropped down, you know, 30% in a lot of cases. 23 seems a little bit more like 2017, 2018, 2019. Yeah. Is that what you're feeling, Bife? I am. But what's scaring me still is is the inventory. There's just no inventory. I think Chaz was saying on the break, some of these towns have five houses on the markets. That's in the, in the median price when point. you get inventory back? Yeah, so in that 375 to call it four and a quarter, 450, you can look Sweet at a lot spot. of towns in Connecticut. And yeah, you're seeing three to five homes on the market at a given time. You come out of the weekend and now you're down to two, three, four more come, four, five more come back on during the week. And then we're right back down. Which is exactly why we're seeing, you know, over asking again, because there's going to be three houses on the market and you have 30 buyers going after it. And Byron, I heard you mention it on another show that, um, you know, you're worried about how Jerome Powell is now looking at the housing market because he's starting to see the competition creep back up and there may be the rates may follow the competition. Well, there's a lot of belief that the Fed is going to go up 25 basis points when they meet this coming week. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday is their meeting. And so I saw a number out there that was. A predictor was saying it's 98% certain that the Fed goes up 0.25 and not 0.5, and they don't obviously pause. If it's higher than the 0.25, the markets are going to react negatively to that because they're expecting, and they're, you know, the the 10-year, I think, which the 30-year fixed mortgage rate follows the 10-year, has this priced in for it to be a 0.25 to be 25 basis point increase, okay? If it's 0.5, not good, not good. I think you'll see mortgage rates shoot up if that's the case, because that means the Fed says, no, you know, we haven't seen enough progress. Uh, The belief is that they have seen enough, although that GDP number this week was higher than expectation, the Fed doesn't like that either. So they're not going to like any of these 
multiple offer conversations that agents are posting about on Facebook. Jerome Powell doesn't like to see those posts. So mm-hmm. just block Jerome Powell from your Facebook feed. <laughs> uh, he, he definitely doesn't want to see GDP, which we had come in in quarter four at 2.9% when expectations were 2.8. He wanted them lower than expectations. It was above. So the economy grew more than expected in quarter four. Uh, there are other th- indicators that are pot, you know, consumer spending did drop. Uh, we, we, you know, we had that inflation read a couple weeks ago that, that dropped, but it'll be interesting to see what they do next week. Well, consumer spending dropped, but didn't I also read that, uh, the, the debt credit card debt is at the highest it's been in the last 10 years? Yeah, I saw, uh, that's true. Yeah. And I've seen that study, but, but, um, or that report, but, Bank of America says people still have more money in their savings than they did pre-COVID. I believe it's J.P. Morgan Chase that says, "Yeah, but uh, their spending habits are are way out of line, right. and that's they've got maybe savings to last till June." You know, overall consumer does, and they're going to run out of this money pretty quickly, and then you know, be faced with credit card uh, higher interest rates on these credit cards. Do you think that will play an impact on the foreclosure market? Uh, uh, foreclosures right now are well below historic, you know, le- normal levels. So, right, we're at about a quarter of where we were pre-pandemic. Uh, I was just curious how mm-hmm. the increase in credit card debt, also with the increase of the cost of living, is I then going c- to be a big deterrent for some of those mortgage payments. I think it could. I would say that an increase in foreclosures back to a normal level of foreclosures would be, I could make the argument that it could actually be healthy for the housing market. It'd be great for inventory. It'd be great for inventory and affordability. So I could make the argument that we're so low right now, you know, because of like the forbearance and all these different things that happen where you could, you actually couldn't evict people. You couldn't go into foreclosure for a you know period of time there during COVID Yes. I can make the argument that them going up to a normal level would actually be healthy. You know, a, a normal housing market does have some foreclosures happening. And yeah. We just haven't had any. So well, I one mean, of the issues is, Byron, and, and you know this, is that the property values are up so much. So if you bought a house five years ago, you know, a lot of people foreclosed back in 2008 because they were upside down on their mortgage. Yeah. Now, everyone, most people have a, a lot more equity than they did four or five years ago because of what happened during COVID. So that's why it's harder to foreclose. But think about it this way. If now, if they're going to say, let's say they're going to pull some of that equity out, they want to pull out a HELOC, for example, right? But then they look at their credit and they're sitting on thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 worth of credit card debt. They're not going to be able to then get that equity out of their house to pay off that debt or to keep their house. So we're kind of playing a, a terrible game of what's going to happen first, right? They're waiting for the other foot to drop. That's a good point, too, because, yeah, doing line of credits, they're going to, you know, you want to do a line of credit to pay off your debt, but, you know, if if your debt's too high, you're not going to be able to get the line of credit. So it's a, it's a catch-22 there. Right. We need more inventory. If we look at inventory after, let's say, after 2012, because 2012 was like when we kind of had that double. 2011, 2012 was when we had the second bottoming out. So 2013 in New London County, that whole year, we bounced between 2,500 and 2,300 homes for sale. 
Okay, so that's a county, New London County. I can go through some other counties. 2014, same thing. 2015, 2200 was kind of like the average. 2016, 2200. 2017, we're about 2,000 homes for sale any given time throughout the year, down to about like 1,900, bouncing between there. 2018, 1,700 homes. Okay, this is when. 2018, 2019, you started saying, okay, wow, we're getting into a stronger situation in Connecticut. We hadn't got, gotten our values back or anything like that. Uh, 1,700, 1,800 homes for sale any given time, 2018, 2019, 1,700, 1,800 homes. Okay, so we, we had a bounce you know, from 13 to 2020 of being always around 1,700 to 2,500 homes in New London County on the market at all times. Uh, where we are today is going to shock you. I'll give you that number when we come back. A little tease, Byron. A little tease News now, there. Stimulating, stimulating talk. You've heard their ads over the past few years. Bring in your... Say Radio 94.9 News Now, stimulating talk. Byron Lazine, Chaz Cook of One Team at William Ravis Real. So you can find us at oneteamct.com. We've got Brian Fay, New England Home Mortgage, with us today. And we're talking about some of these inventory issues that Connecticut is facing that not everywhere in the country is facing, but certainly in our state, we are faced with really low historic inventory. I gave you the numbers right before the break, 2013 to uh, 2020. Those seven years for homes for sale. This is this includes condos, by the way. So this is all homes, mobile homes, condos, single family homes, all put in together. And any given time between those seven years of 2013 to 2020, we had 1,700 to 2,500 homes available on the market, homes for sale in New London County. Okay, we'll, we'll give you guys a couple other counties here. New London County, 1,700 to 2,500 homes at any given moment during that seven-year period. Today, we're at 610 homes for sale as we do, if we look back 12 months, right now, the number, it's, it's even, Chaz, can you believe this? It's even lower. It's actually 458 oh right goodness. now. Right now. So the, the last 12 months has been six, just over 600. As we sit here in January, we're at 450 when at any given point between 2013 and 2020 in New London County, you had between 1,700 and 2,500 properties for sale. Chaz, how many people? We got 458 single-family homes, condos, mobile manufactured homes, townhomes, all property types. We have 458 of them available in the market how many residents are in New London County? Right around 270,000. There you go. 400-something homes. Crazy. And wait, wait until you look at uh, Middlesex County, because I, I feel like Middlesex County is, is a rather large county. It's a rather uh, populated county in Connecticut. A lot of people live in it. It's like kind of the heart of the shoreline. You shoot up Route 9. 
when we start to look at all property types from 2017 to 2022, it's, it's even more staggering. They had around 1,400 homes for sale in 2017, and they kind of hovered between 1,400 and 1,200 and through two, 2020. Let me correct the number. So 458 was in the month of December. Mm-hmm. We're up to 624. So we're back to the 12-month median there of uh, you know 624. Okay, so we're at 624 for New London County. That includes land, though. I didn't have land in that first one, so that's what... Oh, okay, that's why. what boosted it up a little bit, yep. Okay, if I take lots and land out, okay, I've got to take lots and land out. That's what I'm <laughs> Never mind, it is lower. Right now, right now, because of this uptick in, in, in activity we've seen the last three weeks, this number's even crazier. If I just go single-family, condos, multifamily... So things that are actually built, not land, okay? We're at 349 Jesus. of listings available that aren't under contract and nothing, right, that are actually for sales. 349 in New London County where there's 270,000 residents. That is mind-boggling. That's psychotic. So think about that. If, if you're somebody who's going to sell this spring and you're like, man, I got to I got a solid house. Like this is a good house. I've kept it up. I've, you know, done my services when I'm supposed to. And I always cut my grass. I, my windows work, my heat works, you know, everything's good. Everything's tight in here. And I'm anywhere close to the median price point. Uh, if I put my house on the market now where there's absolutely no competition, yeah, I'm going to be in that situation that Chaz was talking about earlier in the show where there's going to be multiple bidders because, you know, B. Faye from New England Home Mortgage, he can tell us, okay, yeah, there's a lot of people pre-applying for mortgages right now. And anytime you go on a supply and demand, you go on the market where there's no competition. It's kind of like when, um, you know, when, when the one team does these extracurricular activities, you know, when I'm out there competing, Chaz, against against everybody in some type of athletic <laughs> event bocce, you know, right? no competition well bocce action bocce i was undefeated me and <laughs> me and b face boy <laughs> <laughs> all right um but byron back to your point if i was on the market the issue is where are you gonna where go, I go? Yeah. so i think this is the main problem with, with you know i could sell my house sure i could sell my house in 20 minutes maybe 15 on a, on a one with a one team agent but um where am i gonna go well, people do not sell to become homeless. Okay, so that that is true. Yeah, and I can sell and and then just go live on the streets because you can make a, a lot of money. Right now, where we are in inventory, you're back to a beginning 2022 scenario where your likelihood of making the terms that you want, if you have ten offers, is one of those ten potentially going to let you have four months. You know, to live in the house before you got to close, you're more likely than if you're only got one offer and they know they got leverage. Yep. But if they're up against ten and people, you can negotiate that, right? You could, you could, your your negotiation is going to be in your favor now, way more than it will be in May of 2023. Home sellers, I can promise you that. You can send me an email if you want to have a conversation. Byron at one team CT. Dot com, but I can promise you now is a much better time than May, June, and July for sellers, for sure. 
I would, I would thousand percent agree with that because people are going to catch on and then you're going to get into those phases where the school year is coming out and people have to make a move or they need to, um, you know, change because of a career. So it's going to get more competitive and there's going to be, you know, less opportunity for a seller to say, I need this, I need to stay longer because people are going to have more of a sense of urgency, especially if rates continue to go up. They're going to be like, no, I can't give you that. I can't lock in for, you know, that much day, or you're going to end up having to buy down their rate for them, which can create a whole nother situation. Let's go Middlesex County. Just highlight another county on, on these inventory levels. So Middlesex County from 2013 to 2020, at any point, at any point during those seven years, you would have had from 2,000 homes for sale to the beginning of 2020, they hit about 1,000 homes for sale. And you really were only in the thousands, like in the in the 2019s, you were really closer to like an 1,800 homes for sale average in Middlesex County. So a range from 1,000 to 2,000 homes in those seven years at any point from 2013 to 2020 in Middlesex County. Today, Middlesex County has 215 properties for sale. That's single family, that's condos, that's multifamilies. And their population as of 2021 was 165,000. 165,000 people, you got 215 properties for sale. That is not a lot. Oh, and then, Byron, I wonder those properties, how many have been on the market for six months, four, or four months, you know what I mean, that for whatever reason, overpriced or not, not about, a great house. So, How about this? Less than $500,000 in Middlesex County, 95 matches. 90, 95, 95 matches in Middlesex County, one of the most, I would say, affordable counties in the entire state. Yeah, yeah I mean, somewhat, yeah, some areas are most affordable, but, but Chaz, what was that? It was a hundred and how many? What's the population? Uh, 70,000. 165,000. Yeah. 165,000. You got less than a hundred properties under 500 K available. Wow. You want to do New Haven? Uh, Hartford. Yeah, Hartford. New Hartford. Haven. No, I want to do Hartford County because they're picked to be one of the top, um, uh, Hartford and West Hartford. That area is supposed to be one of the hottest markets for 2023. That's right. Uh, nationally, they were they were picked for that. So, Hartford, what's the range of those seven years? I like those seven years because uh, it doesn't get into that last peak. Let's go to Hartford County. All right, Hartford County from 2013 to 2020. At any point, you had between 3,000... <laughs> and 6,000 homes for sale in Hartford County. Between 3,000 and 6,000 homes. Right now, you have 613. You have 613, and if you want something under a half a million, you got less than 500. What's the population in Hartford County? 897,000. And you got less than 500 homes available for 500K or less. If you're thinking about selling. I, I can't state the supply issue enough for you. Right now is your time. This is Real Estate Radio. We're coming right back for the fourth and final with Chaz Cook and Brian Fay, New England Home Mortgage. One team coming right back. Real Estate Radio, 94.9 News Now, Stimulating Talk.
Real Estate Radio, 94.9 News Now, Stimulating Talk, Byron Lazine, Chaz Cook, One Team, William Ravis Real Estate. You can find us at OneTeamCT.com. We've got Brian Fay, New England Home Mortgage. Brian is a loan officer and owner at New England Home Mortgage. You can go apply today and get pre-qualified on his website, NEHMLoans.com. They got the apply now button right at the top. We talked earlier in the show about these rates stabilizing. Brian's actually getting people into the high fives if they qualify. And we've been sitting around the low sixes here for the last couple of weeks strong. NEHMLoans.com. That's New England Home Mortgage, NEHMLoans.com. Get your pre-qualification today if you're interested in having a conversation with B. Faye. That's Brian Faye. Love it. You like that, be fair. Hey, uh, send Martin a Venmo for since I just gave you that little that little plug. Martin McKinney, <laughs> Martin McKinney, our, our sponsor for the show, Service Station Equipment. Whatever he wants. What's he want a Venmo? Uh, no, he wants a bottle of Chardonnay. Yeah, actually. bottle of Chardonnay. Good Chardonnay. Good stuff. Maybe a case. Maybe a case. We got to get you, be fair. We got to get you together with uh, with Martin. Oh, please let me be there for that. I mean, <laughs> is that a bad thing or a good thing? No, it would be amazing. It would be amazing. You know, I know you like to have a few spirits every once in a while. A couple. I've been known to have a couple here and there. Be fair. Are you Irish? I am Irish. All right. So, yeah, Martin will like you then. Yeah. Martin McKinney. Love him. Never yeah. met him. I was not, no one introduced us. So you're trying to keep us apart. Well, <laughs> have you ever met Dougie Fresh? I don't no, think so. he wouldn't have met Dougie Fresh. Uh-huh. Dougie Fresh is a is a mystery man. The, the only man people that meet seen. Dougie Fresh are the ones getting a, a little tank job done. All right, we've got the one team rewind, and then we're going to recap here. We're on the market. Those numbers, if you missed the last segment, the inventory numbers that's going on in Connecticut, all-time low housing inventory, just mind-blowing. You can always download this show, CT Real Estate Radio. Uh, this Today's live show always goes up on about Monday Tuesday, so CT Real Estate Radio, wherever you listen to podcasts. Chaz, take the rewind away. All right. We had ourselves a, a good week, I would say, for under contracts. We saw a little bit of a quiet week in terms of listings, but we had one new listing come on, one price improvement, 17 under contracts, and two closings. Uh, our one new listing was 91 Riverview Road, unit number 7D in Niantic, Connecticut. That was brought to the market by Mary Pula, and I'm going to spare you guys on that one because it is under contract. So some of that competition we've been seeing, that property did not even make it seven days before it was gone. Wow. Yeah. But those 17 under contracts, right? So we were talking about a little bit before, there's a lagging indicator. Byron mentioned it. So, you know, in the next 45 to 60 days, we're going to see exactly how stiff this level of competition is here with these 17 under contracts as they come to the closing table. So we had under contracts in Niantic, New London, New London, Preston, Manchester, Montville, Middletown, Waterbury, New Haven, Madison, Meriden, Branford, New Haven, Wallingford, Weathersfield, New Haven, and Milford again. So all over the place, covering all the counties, covering some of those counties we talked about who are just in a absolute hole for inventory based off 
the population there. So good on them. Good on those sellers for getting their properties out there. I'm sure they're happy with the results, but we will find out here soon. And then we had two closings. We had a closing in Waterbury and a closing in Norwich. So congratulations to all of our buyers, sellers, and investors on that. And congratulations to all of the one team agents for getting out there, getting it done, and finding ways to win in this competitive market. We've got a couple open houses going on. We got one going on today that's uh, just about to wrap up. It'll end right as the show does. So that's 60 Calpen Hill Road in Killingworth, Connecticut. It began at 10 a.m. today and ends at noon. But don't worry, because then tomorrow, Sunday, January 29th, you've got another opportunity to go and check out 60 Calpen Hill Road in Killingworth, Connecticut from 1130 to 130. So a little bit later, start on that one, goes a little bit later in the day. If you want to have a nice, relaxing Sunday morning, head over to, and then head over to 60 Calpen Hill Road in Killingworth, Connecticut from 1130 to 130 on Sunday, January 29th. All right, Mr. Fay. So we were kind of breaking things down and looking at populations and looking at single family homes for sale and, uh, you know, just really trying to come up with creative ways, right? Because we've seen an influx in mortgage applications. You mentioned earlier in the show that that is actually kind of been tailored towards your FHA buyers. So what would you suggest are some things that these potential first time home buyers could do to set themselves apart or to give them a leg up from the mortgage perspective? Well, one of the things I, I will say is, it, I'm just not talking about me, but getting pre-approved from a local lender, I think listing uh, agents like local lenders as opposed to, you know, a bank in Dallas or, you know, a bank you never heard of, an online bank or something like that. I think it's important to have a local presence. Um, I do. You being a listing agent as well, Chaz, like, do you feel that uh, you get a, a, a pre-approved from a local guy as opposed to a Bank of America or out of state, do you show a little more favoritism if everything else was the same? 1,000%, and here is why. Uh, This was a deal you and I had going together. It was a condo in New London County, in New London, so we know inventory is tight. We know competition is high there. Uh, We helped a client get under contract on that with a particular lender, and so you work with eight, nine different banks approximately? Usually, yeah. So we got almost all the way to the finish line. We're 85% of the way through this loan, and then the one lender said, you know what? we don't like the flood insurance policy on this particular building. So we're like, okay, what does Brian do? He's like, all right, I have another lender. I'm going to show them the file. I'm going to see what they say. Boom. We were able to make that transition, send them a complete file and turn it around in how much time? Less than seven days. Less than seven days, soup to nuts. Um, And so I did the final walkthrough with the client last night. We had a long conversation um, about that because I said, you know, this is why I like to work with a local mortgage broker because he has these opportunities. If you would have gone to Essex Savings Bank, Bank of America, and you ran into this instant, you're you're done, right? So you've been planning. Then you got to start all over. Then you got to go to a broker who can do it. So, and again, it is it is a benefit dealing with a broker because I can just pull it to a different lender. Um, and certain lenders have their own, they're called overlays that we don't know about. So certain lenders are going to have an overlay on, on a certain situation where, where another bank may not. So, well, And not even being able to pull it to a different program. You actually have relationships with these people, right? So you can have a conversation with them. Is this really something that we need to navigate around or is this something we can kind of just push through? Where, again, if you're just talking to a random loan officer at a bank whose hands are tied because that's the policy of that one specific bank – you can't create those working relationships. And I mean, I'll be perfectly honest with you and I'd love to hear your opinion on it. 
real estate is all about relationships. If you're not out there making connections and getting to know people and building rapport with them, it's going to be a lonely road. You're 100% correct. It's all about who you know, you know, knowing other realtors, uh, home inspectors, uh, attorneys. You can go on and on with, with, you know, the importance of creating relationships. And for, for my point, when I, when I found out there was a problem with that particular condo, right away I went to my other reps before, because once I know there's a potential problem, I don't wait for the problem to come. I'm right away, I'm, I'm going to plan B. Mm-hmm. I'm not pulling the loan yet, but I'm, I'm ready to. Right. And I sent it, and, and luck, you know, good for us that the one lender said, nope, I'm good with this. And the second my lenders continue to have a problem with it, we just pulled it and moved it. But, you know, if I don't have a relationship with that bank, they're not going to answer my calls or emails. And, you know, they don't care. But the relationships are so important. And especially you working with other buyer agents or listing agents, you want to have a good relationship with that that agent. That You know, that's another important part, right? Absolutely. If, if you know the listing agent and they know you're a stand-up guy and get, get the job done, you might have a, a leg up on getting your buyer approved with that house when there's six offers in. Because they're going to tell their – you'd say the same thing. Hey, by the way – I know we have six offers. They're all very similar. I worked with this buyer's agent before. He's a stand-up guy or girl, gets a job done, honest. That's important as opposed to, hey, I did a deal with this person and they didn't, you know. Right. It, didn't you know, well. right. And, and you also mentioned home inspectors, and, and here's just a quick story on that. So, um, you know, I work with a fair amount of military families, uh, being a veteran myself, and I have a home inspector who's also a veteran. So whenever I'm working with a military family, I always refer him to them. Uh, he takes care of him on that end of it. And so we showed up at a house to do a VA inspection. He, you know, did his outside inspection. And he's like, I, you know, I just don't have a good feeling about this property. Before I go all the way through this and then they have to pay me for everything, let's go down in the basement. There's a few things I can look at and tell you, you know, how this is going to go. So we go down into the basement and right out of the gates, he spots wood destroying active, wood destroying insect activity. So we're like, okay, big red flag there. And then he starts to kind of you know do a little bit more deeper investigation, and he starts to see that one corner of the house is actually uh, leaning four degrees off its center. Oh so he says, hold on, right here. He's like, first of all, this is never going to go VA. Second of all, now I'm questioning the structural integrity of this property. Let's get the client on the phone. Let's have a conversation, right? Because I don't want them to have to pay for the appraisal. I don't want them to you know have all those different variables. So we did exactly that. Got him on a FaceTime, walked him through it, showed him the evidence. We took pictures for documentation, and he said, I'm not going to do a full inspection. I'm not going to charge you for it because these two things are disqualifying factors on any VA appraiser's list, yep. right? Not to mention you have small children and the structural integrity of the house is a question. Yep. So the client was like blown away that the inspector just didn't do the inspection and then, you know, say, pay me, right? He took the time and he said, you know, he in, in the Navy, we call each other shipmates. So he said, shipmate, listen, I wouldn't sell this house to somebody I didn't like, let alone a fellow serviceman like yourself. So I would rather, you know. That's a stand-up guy right there. 100%. So he's like, and then, by the way, now you're t- talking about it on the radio. You're telling your your other realtor friends, you know, so mm-hmm. it's. It's just a, a good way to do business, you know. Well, and that's how you succeed in business, right? I mean, you've been in business a long time. You, you don't get ahead in business by just trying to get Short the deal done. Yeah. Just, you know, you know, you don't. You, it's it's a long term. It's, it's long term, right? We're not here to, you know, get one deal and be done. You want to build relationships. That's how I built my my whole business on past clients. Right. Like if you go to my website and look at my reviews, they're all. 
I would say they're all five-star reviews because you just do a good job. And, and by the way, stuff happens in the business that uh, out of our control. Right. It's how you handle it. You don't hide behind it. You say, here's a problem that came up. You know, whatever it is, just be upfront and, and communicate and referrals will come. But that, kudos 1, to that. 1,000%. Yeah, I mean, I, I was blown away by it. I it kind of had a feeling that was the direction he was going to go. But when he was the one who said that, like, I didn't even have to, like, you know, uh, um, broach that subject with him. He just said, no, 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 no. Stop. Call. Let's stop this right now. Wow. Um, so, you know, be a good person and good comes back to you, right? I guess that's how we'll, we'll end the show today. So, Brian, thank you very much for joining us on this Saturday. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend. And to all of our 94 Niners out there, we will catch you next week with a fresh new episode of Real Estate Radio on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Salon Buick GMC Studios, WJJ 